Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. It is, in fact, a video game podcast, no matter what the Olympic Commission tells you. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Aren't they pretty litigious? They're, they're kind of... Good uh, word. Thank you. They're kind of sue-happy, aren't they? Sue-happy? Sue-happy. I'm not aware of that word or phrase. Sue-happy, as in they like to do lawsuits. Lawsuit oh, Sue happy. happy. Oh, not. I Sue thought happy. it was some sort of idiom. No, I'm Susan not. happy. No, they're Sue happy, aren't they? They're, yes. They're pretty litigious. The uh, the the Olympic Commission. They don't like it when you rip off their rings. No, if you you have to like, you have. There's like a big thing about declaring that you're like the official whatever of the Olympics, like when McDonald's the the official fast food restaurant of that fitness event. That's it. Wide fitness. Event. I wonder how much McDonald's they're all eating. That's yeah, what I want to know. Um, and it's like a big thing to be able to say you are the official Olympic one. Like if when it's Olympic time, uh, if you run any ads saying like, oh, why don't you like have a nice subway while you watch the Olympics? Mm. There's like some dodgy legal stuff there where right. it's like... You, well, they can't say Olympics. Not really so During even, the big summer yeah. sporting event. So we are definitely not... No. A triple jump sports Olympic athletics, athletics podcast. podcast. It is the summer games this year, is it not? Is it not? Uh, multiples it not? of four. Yes, it will be. Right. Uh, that's in Japan, I believe. So when it's time for the big summer event, yeah. can we be the unofficial triple jump sponsor of the of the big sporting event of the summer? Can we do that? Team, uh, team just... Britain. Team just, yes. Team Jump. Anybody team out there B. with some legal the experience, yeah. could we get away with referring to ourselves during the big summer event as the unofficial sponsors of the three times jumping at the big summer event? We probably can't say sponsors. Uh, the, un, the, unofficial support, the unofficial podcast of the big summer events jumping uh, three times. Jump, three time jumping team. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. I think we could do that. Anyway. Talking um, of sponsors. Yeah, speaking of sponsors, uh, I've got this I've got the ad read here. Yeah. This is for a brand new TV show coming soon to ITV. Oh, okay. It's very exciting. Now this is sponsored by McDonald's during the half times. Uh, and us, actually. During the half times. During the half the times. Breaks. You know, yeah, well, that's what they call them, the don't half, they? The, the half TV times. Half times. That's what they call it in the TV industry, the yeah. half times. So during the uh, the half times of this show, it's weird because the show is sponsoring us right. on this podcast. But during the half times of the show, 
we're sponsoring them. So you'll see us pop up and say, oh, sponsored by the unofficial podcast of the Big Summer Events yeah. Three Times Jumping podcast. We'll get onto video games soon, don't worry. What do we do? What time is it anyway? Uh, it feels like it's, it's sort of some sort of twilight hour. Mm. Uh, the, the new show is called Can't Play, We'll Take a Delay. Oh, very good. Thank you. Very satirical. Uh, can't play, we'll take a delay. This is a show in which... Um, Dom... Dom? What's his name? Dom... It's not Littlewood. Oh, Jollywood. Dom jo- Jolly? Dom... Oh, yeah, Dom Jolly. No, it's not Dom Jolly, is oh, it? Oh, no, that's someone else. Uh, Dominic Littlewood. It's not Littlewood, but it's something like that. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah. This show has David Hasselhoff and The Stig, and they go around, and they go to different gaming studios throughout the world, and they say, can we play? And if they say, no, it's not ready yet, they'll take a delay. They'll take a delay. They'll take. They'll say, right, you've got to take a delay, and that that means that you then can't play it for a while. Based on the well-known fantastic show, Can't Pay, We'll Take It Away. We'll Take It Away. Which by is- Dom... Someone. It's a very, very classy uh, look at sort of... Um, it's like bailiffs and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of kicking kicking poor people while they're down, really, isn't it? That's what that show is. It's kind of laughing at people less fortunate than you. It's not um, It's not a particularly pleasant television show. Yeah. But I, Can't Play Will Take a Delay is actually really good. I really want to know what the guy's name is now. Go I on, started look looking it up. up and then I Come put on, my phone down. I was like, it's not important. Can't Pay Will Take It Away TV show. Are you sure it was him on this? Are you sure you're not thinking of Rogue Traders? Are you sure you're not thinking of the man from Rogue Traders? Well, I've never... had another show called Don't Get Done, Get Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Can't Pay Will Take It Away, uh, but uh, Apple TV wants me to queue it up so I can watch it for later. Here he is. You found him? Oh, it is Dominic Littlewood. Hey, well, there you go. What's the one that we like? What's our one called? What, from Dick and Dom? Yeah. He's just Dominic Wood. Dominic Wood. Oh, I see. So there's a small... Oh, my God, it's your brother, isn't it? Yeah. Dominic Littlewood. He's just a smaller version. Well, anyway. I don't know. I still don't know if he hosts don't, Can't Pay, We'll Take It Away. No, I don't think it is. He just seems like the type, doesn't he? Well, it's the same show. It's the same premise. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, David Hasselhoff and The Stig present Can't Play, We'll Take a Delay, coming uh, this summer at some point. Look out for us in the end break. Uh, or you would if that wasn't a load of absolute bollock loney. Whoa, can't... Ca- it's a lie! Calm down. No, he doesn't host it at all. He doesn't. I no, didn't think so. Lie. That's a lie. You fools, you fell for it. You absolute morons. Your bloodline will die with you. Oh, no. The real sponsor are the patrons at home, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. We can't thank them enough for supporting the show financially every week. I mean, they may not even know that they're doing it. Some patrons, I mean, probably a lot of the patrons, don't even listen slash watch two of of this podcast, but they still support us on Patreon. And, I mean, we'd like to say thank you very much. Can't thank them enough. Can't we'll thank them enough. take it away. We'll, we'll, we'll take uh, it something. What rhymes with enough? We'll give them the stuff. We'll Can't thank them enough? We'll give them the stuff. And the stuff being the podcast, of course. Yes. If you donate uh, $1 or more a month, you get access to the weekly podcast post where you can leave your podcast questions in the comments. And we go through it every week and we pick out uh, how many questions? Four? Four. Four. One of which will be the big discussion. And uh, and then we stick it in the podcast. So it's, it's a bit of a lottery, really. And you should keep trying if you don't get through. Just bear in mind that if you don't get through, it's probably because we've answered your question before. 
before. Mm. It's not because we don't like you or we're purposefully ignoring you. Don't worry about that. Or there were just a lot of really good questions, in which case we have a little document when we keep a backup, don't we? We do. We do. We've got them all on record. So now and then we do ask a we do bring a question with us that was asked for like a previous week. We've done that before. We have. We certainly have. Talking of questions, yes, we're doing some good links, aren't we? So far, we have, and this one is actually this. This is a pretty Patreon uh, heavy question as well. This one, yeah, just go for it. This is from Aaron May. This is from a Ronald May. Hello, long time listener, first time Patreoner. What is your all time favorite video game accessory? It could be an ambitious controller, hello, Steel Battalion, a useful hardware edition, Game Boy battery pack, or something silly, DS stylus with a Yoshi head grafted on but doesn't fit in the freaking slot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then underneath it also says, this isn't part of the question, but my New Year's resolution, uh, as it were, is to shift a little money towards the creators I regularly enjoy. If I can pay $10 a month for Netflix and rarely use it, I can sure put some cash in the tip jar for a podcast I look forward to every week. Audience members with disposable income uh, maybe consider doing the same? Question mark. Uh, because Lord knows it's tough out there for the YouTubers. That sounds fake. Like we It sounds it, like we wrote that. It but... sounds like we paid Aaron to write that for us. Yeah. We that's... gave Aaron his Patreon money back twice. It's all true. Yeah. If you if you if you if you can pay and we won't take it away, you'll go on the Patreon 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 and you'll see his comment under the post. It's real. He's it's a fair. real he's a real guy. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much, Aaron. And uh yeah, you know, we'd never want to pressure anybody into into giving us money because you're all so generous with your time. By, by listening to this. And we'd like to think that you'd tell, you know, all your friends and say, wow, this you know, couple it's of rad dudes over here doing the, <laughs> doing the sickest podcast around. But yeah, that's why we say at the end of all of our list videos, why not consider supporting the things you enjoy? Because there is a real mindset of, you know, especially with Netflix, it's a great example. You know, I never use my Netflix. Oh, don't you? But it's there. I watch mine like every day. Well, there we go. But I watch YouTube every day as mm-hmm. well. And so, just one dollar. Just one dollar. You want a little heart. I don't know if that's even visible. Oh, a little heart on my notes next to him, just to say thanks, Aaron. Thanks, thanks, Ron. Let's answer Aaron's question. Let's. What is your favorite video game accessory that you have ever purchased? Um, purely out of like what I got out of it. My favorite video game accessory is probably the PS One Multi Tap. Oh, because back then, you know, it was. all games were like a maximum of two players if you just played them regularly uh, mm-hmm. without any accessories on your on your console. But the multi-tap, which was a, oh, it was a, like a magical thing because I never really, this was back in the days when I, you know, I was like seven years old or six years old. And I didn't really, I think I obviously understood the notion of shops and <laughs> that you can go out and purchase things. Money is exchanged for goods and services. Money is exchanged for goods and services, but... I don't know. I just, we didn't go to the game shop very often. And when we did, I probably only had like 10 pounds that I'd slowly saved over a long period of time. So it never even occurred to me that I could buy a multi-tap. So I never owned one, but like other people I knew had one. And Mm. it it was this sort of mystical thing like, oh, wow, it's that thing that lets four people play. And there were a lot of games that actually did have four player capabilities if you had your multi-tap. So um yeah, in terms of like what I got out of it, definitely just being able to play four-player games on the, on the PS One was like an amazing, exciting thing. Um, Hello, there's the multi-tap train. Alternatively, there was System Link where you needed two oh, tellies. God. System Link was, 
I feel like my friends and I tried to do system links so many times, but it was always a technology that evaded us. Right. We never understood. And getting two TVs as well is no mean feat when you're in your teens. No. Teen Vs. Well, my my much anecdoted video game uncle who lived next door. Is he real? He is real. He is real. Okay. He's definitely a real man. Uh, He used to play PS1 system link with his friend uh, playing Command and Conquer. Mm. Uh, But they would go all night. Like they would start, he said they would start. I bet they would. <laughs> they would start <laughs> raid like your base. 8 p.m. And by the time they'd finished, the sun would be coming up the next morning. And the game would be like, like Just half a frame chugging. per second. Yeah. Like it would, <laughs> it would like tick frame by frame at like the tick of the clock. It would be like one could frame not, per second. Could not handle the, yeah. the jam. Because they just built massive bases and stuff. But it sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. I, I loved the multi-tap. I, I was a big multi-tap enthusiast for the PlayStation 2, oh, especially yeah. with time splitters mm-hmm. on, you know, sleepovers. Yeah. Hella fun. Yeah. PS1, though, I didn't have a multi-tap. Um, right. Or maybe I did. I had like a weird third party one that was sort of blue and translucent and it looked a bit like a turtle shell. It was hideous. Not the L shaped grey no, one. No, but I have got the L shaped grey one now. Oh, yeah. Because I saw that and an original PS1 controller without the, the, um, the sticks and the rumble, mm. they were like 50p each in a CEX. Oh, wow. I was like, well, t- I'm not even going to use those, but I'll take those. Yeah, so I, I like the uh, original controller just because it's even more nostalgic than a regular one. Isn't it ridiculous when you hold it, though? Yeah. It's like, what? what is it? And it looks like the PS5 controller is going to get chunkier, mm. sort of the same shape as the PS4, but it's been lifting weights, yeah. you know. And just comparing the two, you even go to the PS3 controller, the launch one that didn't have rumble in it because they changed the design from the boomerang at the last second. Yeah. So they just used the PS2 controller again, but with no wires. Um, it just feels like it feels like a joke thing. It feels like a prop. Yeah. And it doesn't feel real. But there was like a very brief period where we had those like in my house before we got some thumbsticks and so it's sort of linked oh hello <laughs> sort of linked in my head with like just two or three games i remember playing with one of those controllers and then after that everything else was played with uh, with sticks so nice yeah nice what about you what's your favorite accessory oh, surprise surprise peter is it a game boy it's one? a game boy accessory yes and it's not even one that i still own actually because i think it was a hand me down from my cousin Okay. Uh, the one who scarred me with Resident Evil 2. Oh. That one. Scared my, and scarred. My much anecdoted cousin. Yes. Is he the is he by Maybe any chance? That's my the, uncle. Where is it your I was gonna say, is it your uncle or is it the is it the son of your uncle? It could be. Could it be your cousin too? And he's and, and he's that's your my uncle, uncle as yeah, well. We're who's, brothers. Who's to say? Two brothers in, in a, a in a podcast. In a YouTube channel. Uh yeah, so this was handed down to me, and this is this ha- holds very high nostalgic value for me mm. because I remember going driving to my I used to love going to my grandparents after school on a Friday for the for you know going to see them for the weekend because they lived two hours away mm-hmm. so it was always you know a fun nighttime road trip straight yeah. after school and there were like car snacks and you never knew what you oh. were gonna get sometimes you'd have tea in the car what a novelty not a cup of tea not a cup of tea just, just some sandwiches dindins yeah. yeah and a packet of crisps and you had to eat it in the dark and I don't know why that was exciting but it was and you occasionally go through a tunnel with lots of yellow lights inside. yeah well there was one of those whoa. that's the fun stuff and it goes whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. love it and you look out the window and you sort of you pretend there's a man and you're bouncing him bouncing the, him yeah. yeah and he's like doing parkour and stuff amazing yeah. uh, but I used to have my Game Boy Color obviously 
and it was impossible to play because you'd have to ask I had to ask my dad can I have the the passenger light on mm. he was like no because I'm driving and it's dark I and that's difficult see to see that. yeah so couldn't do that couldn't really hold you know like a torch or anything yeah. underneath it just in your mouth yeah, for a time. ridiculous. So I just had to play by the street lights whenever they came across. It was impossible. You know, couldn't couldn't do it. So I had to. Uh, he was praying for that tunnel to come. Just waiting. That was my my blissful thirty seconds. Yeah, of, quick, turn it on. Play the game. And my cousin handed down to me um, the these clip on lights. The, the sort of the same design of the ones you get with books sometimes, mm. where they've got the the flexi necks yeah. where you can bend them around. It was two of them and you just shined these little spotlights on the screen. And it was kind of crap, really. Didn't yeah. really work. But that Probably was a bit of glare. Was, yeah. And also it was just two points of light. Yeah. It wasn't even sort of even coverage. But I remember that being extremely important. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's probably, as a result, my favorite accessory of anything that I've ever owned. Well, I, I also noted down just for a brief thing that I had, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was unofficial. I'm sure you've told me in the past that that's not a real Nintendo product, <laughs> but that really big square. Oh, the massive chunky thing. Chunky thing. Mm. And it had like a magnifier that like, leaned, it was like a canopy that leaned over the top of the screen and it had lights on the side. Um, I mean, I was never really a big game boy boy. Yes, uh, but uh, Yeah, but I did on, you know, on occasion like play Game Boy under the covers with my giant, magnifier light machine going on nice yeah no nice well from one thing that we used to used to play used to be playing to something that we be playing peter it's time for what we playing oh <laughs> what we play what we playing what this we play? is the bit where we talk about the games that we're playing at the moment or have been playing since the last podcast ben what have you been playing i've been playing so much but I'll run through them quickly. At the time of recording, and this will probably have changed by the time this releases because yeah. I am on something of a roll. Oh, yeah. You told me about this last night briefly. Well, I got some more last night. Oh, did you? I have earned 10 platinum trophies in two days. Wowzer. You only got six last night. Uh, yeah. Now I got another four. Yeah. Um, I'm not proud of it because three of them are really good platinums and the rest are really... Not great ones, but I just, I just, I can't stop. I just, I was just on, sometimes I just enter these zones. And I'm like, I just need to go. I'll, I'll pay any price. He's it, a platter monster. It's usually about three pounds for these games yeah. because they know what they're doing. They're selling them to people like me. They're dreadful games. Uh, the three good games that I got, I finished off The Outer Worlds mm -hmm. uh, on stream, got my platinum in that. I, I, I messed it. I did so much preparation and I'm glad I did because I had loads of ammo and I had a decent amount of armor and good guns and stuff. But on the other hand, the preparation I did in order to have the levels to put skills into, or to put levels into relevant skills so that I could uh, sort of fulfill certain skill checks and bypass the final boss entirely, mm -hmm. I messed it up. Oh. And I picked the wrong dialogue option and I had to fight the final boss on supernova difficulty and I did it. But, oh boy, that was a fun twist okay. that I wasn't expecting. Uh, so I got the platinum in that. Then I went home and I was... One trophy away from the Platinum in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. So I did that. Just had to kick kick one of those Ram boys that kicked me. Kick it? Yeah. You have yeah. to kick it back. Oh, okay. And over the we last weekend, weekend just gone, I picked up Detroit again because our playthrough earlier in the year got me a load of extra trophies and I wasn't too far away. So I played it quite a lot. 
and I got it down so I only had one trophy left. Right. And so I just needed to boot it up and pick up a magazine I hadn't read in game. Oh, okay. And then I got the platinum in that as well. I tell you what, there's some pretty devastating scenes in Detroit Become Human that we and I did not experience in either of my playthroughs. Oh, wow, okay. Some really harrowing sort of... Uh, Let's just say you try to cut across a motorway at some point to evade people, and and it is possible to not succeed in not that. It. Yeah, it's pretty. It's something. Anyway, so by having the platinum, does that mean you've seen and done everything in that game now? I don't. I don't think I branch. necessarily have oh, seen okay. every tree branch. It's not like Heavy Rain where you have to see all the endings because that was a challenging, and there are some horrible endings yeah. in that one. Some proper nasty stuff. Um, but I, I have seen a lot more stuff that I hadn't seen before, and it was quite cool. My favorite one, though, was with Connor. Would you like me to look at Lieutenant? You have to... It, the trophy's called I'll Be Back. Okay. And because every time you fail or he dies in-game, a new model just comes back in the mm -hmm. next scene with his memory put into it, you have to die at every available opportunity throughout the storyline, <laughs> right. which is fantastic, because Hank is just, every time you die, just goes, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, because these more elaborate ways of Connor not being good at his job. It's like, Connor, don't chase him over the motorway. I'm going to chase him over the motorway, and I'm not going to press any buttons. <laughs> he just gets hit by a truck. Oh, and then you're chasing a guy across a rooftop. You don't press the right buttons, and he just jumps and falls down the gap. It's just every time. And each time Hank sees you, he's like, oh, God, where did you come from? <laughs> like, it's me, Connor. I'm back again. You saw me like, die. Oh, God. So that was every quite time fun. you start chasing someone or doing anything that remotely right? dangerous. Right, just order another one. Hank is Get like, another one. Jeez. Just adding another Cyberlife model Connor to his basket. Uh, but that game is really, really good. Mm -hmm. I like Detroit, especially after finishing the slightly wonky Heavy Rain. And by the time of the release of this, we will have streamed the first portion of yeah. uh, Beyond Two Souls, which is definitely his weakest game. So I'm very excited to see what you make of that. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, don't, I know very little about that game. Like, I'd seen... A, a fair chunk of Heavy Rain before we played it mm -hmm. and bits of Detroit. In fact, I pl we played it, didn't we? We played a demo before it came out. Yes, um, that was a great demo. But well. I have kind of n no real idea of what's happening in Beyond Two Souls other than a very ge uh, sort of general premise. Mm. So. It's got Ellen Page in it and Willem, Willem Dafoe. William Dafoe. William Dafoe. Yeah. Uh, so that should be good. Um, I will say very quickly, our Heavy Rain live stream we did where we finished it off hopefully that's on the channel by now youtube is heavy rain was a nightmare mm. for us to put up the vods of because youtube just picked holes in it constantly it was either not suitable excuse me not suitable for all advertisers so we had to yeah. take it down and try and work out what it was that they didn't like about it and re-upload it or there was copyrighted music in it, in which case we had to take it down, edit that out, and put it back up again. Rubbish copyrighted music that no one just was Just really gonna... bad. It's like, oh, yeah, I love this trance music. So good. Um, so hopefully that's up now, but it will be up very soon. We're just fighting with YouTube about actually getting some money while up. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. a business, and it's annoying when this stuff happens, but there we go. Terrible Platinums I've got. Uh, Foxyland. Yes. Uh, and Foxyland 2. Wow. Played that last night. That came out this week. Did it? Foxyland 2. Yeah, Platinum Foxyland one night, and then Foxyland 2 was out the next day. What like, is it? Like a 2D side-scroller? It's or? a really... It's one of the worst 2D side-scrollers I've ever played. Right. It's so frustrating. Uh, slide, S-L-Y-D-E, is a Platinum you can, you can get in one minute. You have to solve a sliding picture puzzle. The solution is the same every time. The trophies seem to have been imported from another game. They have. I haven't looked into this yet, but they're all sort of describing 
uh, ranks army of... yeah military yeah. ranks and it, that doesn't make any sense because it's a, a picture sliding game so we think it might have been taken from another game uh, but anyway once you complete one puzzle where you just follow a guide and you just have to press the buttons in the right order you get 11 trophies including a platinum they pop within a, just one after the other uh, it's 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 astonishingly bad yeah i played a couple more terrible ones last night but the the main thing i played actually the last <coughs> week was late shift Oh, yeah. Which is an FMV game from Wales Interactive. I'm not sure if they're the same guys who did Erica, which we've covered on the channel before. Mm -hmm. But uh, they are the same guys, I think, who did The Bunker. Okay. Which came out a few years ago. And this one came out either last year or the year before. And it's just a very sort of wonky, uh, you know, it's live action. That's what FMV means, if people aren't sure. And you basically just make choices every so often and then it kind of kind of plays out based on your choices right and it's all a bit rubbish and there are some very dodgy accents in it because you're you there's this chinese gang involved and like oh, they gosh. they speak in accents that like probably, sh really probably shouldn't be okay uh, but it was really good fun i had some people over and we got drunk and played it and uh, that was that was a good laugh but one thing the thing i enjoyed the most about it mm is that Spotify was enabled during this FMV game. So on the PS4, you can play your own music, you know, while you're playing games and stuff. Yeah. So during intense action scenes, we were playing inappropriate custom soundtracks over the top, like a, a car chase and then Octopus's Garden right. by, uh, by the Beatles. The Beatles, yeah. Uh, so that was good fun. Uh, I think I might get the platinum in that as well because it's not too hard. Oh. I'm just on a real kick, Peter. Very good. I need a new big game to just take over my life because otherwise I'm, I won't stop. Something with a hard platinum. I won't stop doing this yeah. ever. But you that's stop coming. That's me. Well, good. Good for you. Thank you. I've uh... tell me about all the games you've played, Peter. Well, I, the one I've I've brought to talk about today is uh, Resident Evil Four. Mm. Love that game. So we. I've been playing it on stream. I've done, at time of recording, I've done two streams. I'm time of publishing, actually. I've done two streams on it. Uh, having a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a while since I've played that game. I used to, I've said before, I think, that I've got, like, a, a really nice, like, steelbook copy of it that was gifted to me for Christmas before I knew the game even existed. Um, and uh, I uh, used to play it a lot. I know, I know the game pretty well. It's come to my attention, as I will describe in full next time I stream it. Uh, someone tweeted me and said, Pete, you do realize you bought, you bought a scope for your rifle and you, you've just never enabled it. Like you paid for a scope, but you've not like attached it to the rifle. Um, so I'm, I'm making all kinds of like weird <laughs> mistakes that makes it seem like I've never played the game before. Like a lot of people in the chat while I've been streaming have been going, uh, Pete, you need to you need to do this to like progress to the next area, and it's like no, no, I I know, I'm just I'm just you know searching the area for items or whatever. So I think people get the impression that I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I do, but apparently I don't know how to use a scope on a rifle. How are you getting on with the controls now? I'm getting better now. The controls on the PS4 version are a fair bit different to what they used to be. So I think on the PS2, as was the tradition at the time to aim and shoot was L1 and R1 rather than L2 and R2. Um, Square and X have been switched around. So what used to be run is now like action button and vice versa. So that was a bit, and, and like um, shooting has been switched out with the knife. So when wanting to use my knife, I was shooting and again, vice versa. So that was all a little bit confusing to begin with, but I think I've got it now. I think I'm, 
I think I'm feeling it. Nice. But uh, looks good. Looks nice in, in the HD. Some of it is still has definitely not been remastered. Like some of the textures they just didn't bother with, I think. <laughs> but um, for the most part, you know, they've done a, done a nice job uh, with the HD version. And uh, yeah, I still think it's like a very good quality game. There's very little wrong with that game. Like mm. it's it's near flawless, I would say. One of my favorite games of all time, I think. Would you take a remake? I would actually. I'd be really interested to see what they did with it. I don't think it really needs it, but because it, it's even like in the style of the games that they've done so far, like Resi 2 and Resi 3 that's coming out are the over-the-shoulder action, like third-person, you know, action, well, sort of action-orientated versions of Resi, which the original versions of Resi 2 and 3 weren't. They were fixed camera angles. Mm -hmm. um, so Resi 4 is already in that template. So it kind of would just be a, a glorified remaster in a way it would be a, i'm sure they'd do it from the ground up but it would it would essentially look and play the same but if they wanted to like mix things up and make it play a little bit differently i'd be well up for re-exploring that whole thing and uh yeah yeah definitely i think i need to play it through properly yeah. i need to do that um, it's not too spooky really like for the most part i think it's probably less spooky in some ways than uh actual fleshy fleshy in rotty zombies right um i'll probably be okay if only just because it does have the graphics of a ps2 game yeah you know so it won't be it won't be so bad no uh, and it's always it's it's in that classic resi style where it is a bit over the top there are very few sort of genuine i say genuine scares i mean as in the atmosphere is really uncomfortable it's and very like, sinister right yeah, right but, but it's not like there's not much in the way of jump scares or like getting you. It's sort of more. It, it does a lot of the the camera cuts and the the swings around. And yeah, stuff. it's very action oriented. The scares this time. And it's like when you first arrive in the village. That I, for me, that was like always the scariest moment because mm. it's it's this sort of sense of tension and you're like, where am I? Like no one really can. No one knows I'm here or like no one can get me out of here very easily. And I'm just surrounded by. It's kind of the the one thing that is scary about it is you can almost see it could almost be real in a way. So not the idea that there's parasites in someone's head like controlling them like actual zombies. That's I mean I mean it's based on probably based on actual nature, but you know mm, cordyceps, cordyceps exactly. Mm. But more the idea that like if you just got if you woke up one day. Uh, in some mountain range in, in rural Europe mm. uh, and wandered into a village where everyone was trying to kill you, you wouldn't kind of think necessarily this can't be happening. This is, this is no, there's no way, that this is some sort of setup. You, you might think like, yeah, these, maybe this is just some strange rural pop population that don't like outsiders. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like believable. It's feasible. Oops, feasible, yeah. It's feasible. So anyway, that's what I've been playing. I've been enjoying it. I'm gonna keep playing it maybe until the end on mm. stream. It'll take like a fair few streams to get through it, but I think I might go all the way. Yeah. Well, twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump if you'd like to catch up on the VODs. Mm. They are live for fourteen days. Peter's done two episodes so far, and you streamed the first one on a Friday. So you still have I time did. to go back and watch the first episode if you want to get all caught up. Twitch is available as an app on most games consoles and phones. And in fact, it's available on pretty much everything. Yeah. And I believe you should be able to access our videos that way. Just go to the video tab of our channel there, Team mm -hmm. Triple Jump, and you should find it. Question two. Yes. This comes from Rexy Adar. 
Horizon Zero Dawn is allegedly being ported to PC sometime in 2020. It doesn't appear to be fully confirmed at the time of writing this question, and a lot of people seem to think more exclusives are going to get po- ported. Poted? Poted. That's my addition, not Rexy's. Poted. Is porting the exclusives a good move by Sony? Thanks for all the amazing content, and I'm excited for what 2020 brings. Smiley face. Thank you, Rexy. Thank you, Rexy. Um, what, do you, what do you think of this? I don't know. I think, like, if if any if any company is going to port their their exclusives, there should definitely be a big time buffer if they want to benefit from the fact that they've got exclusives. You know, there's no point like saying, "Oh, exclusive to PlayStation, Horizon Zero Dawn," and then after two months, but port it's it. Going to, it's going to PC. It's going immediately going to PC. Um, you know, I think like they've they've pretty much had like all the all the main economic benefits from that being exclusive by now. Like they've They've sold, they've sold the con. It's nearly like the new consoles coming out anyway. So they've sold all the PS4s. They're going to sell pretty much based on exclusives. Um, you know that game is is no longer so much of a hot topic as it once was. You know, very very good game by all accounts, but yeah. uh, it's it's no longer in the you know the the conversations. Um, but yeah, I think like it's interesting. Like X, I think in a way, why not? You know, it means that they can just suddenly like resell it to a bunch of people who have never, who haven't had the pleasure because they don't have a PlayStation. You know, if you're a just a PC gamer and suddenly this game comes along onto Steam, you're, you're going to buy it if you if you're interested. It's going to be an Epic Game Stores exclusive. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, wherever wherever it is that you get your games from, you know, if if suddenly something comes to your platform that wasn't available before, if you if if a load of people then buy it on that new platform and Sony are benefiting from that financially. So I think, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't do it. Um, I completely agree with you. Yeah? Look at that. Uh, yes, I think if this is true, there's there's a big difference here between Xbox having quote-unquote exclusives but it releasing concurrently on PC because then it's not really... It's a console exclusive at that point. Yeah. Compared to this, which is, as you say in the case of Horizon Zero Dawn, the game comes out in 2017, mm-hmm. and then we're looking at 2020, it potentially showing up on PC. I think that this this is no different, really, than a game going on PlayStation Plus before the sequel comes out. Yeah. Because the company wants to get it in as many hands as possible in order to drive hype, and so that people will want to buy the sequel when it comes out. And it's extremely likely that we're getting a Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or mm-hmm. whatever the hell it's called. Last of Us has just been on uh, Plus. Exactly, it? Last of Us was on Plus. Yeah. So why on earth wouldn't you, as you said, once everybody's bought it that could possibly buy it on its native console, mm. port it to PC and get as many people playing it as possible so they can experience it, so that when the PS5 comes out and Horizon Zero Dawn 2 comes out, they think... Ah, oh, damn! I'd love to play that, yeah. but maybe it'll come to PC eventually. But it's not going to be for a considerable amount of time mm. because that is going to be a system seller for PlayStation and Sony. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good move. I think it's sensible. I don't think it's sensible. Some people, there are rumors going around at the moment that The Last of Us Two is just going to release on PC, like it's just going to release on PC as well. Right. That's not going to happen. No, it's n- absolutely not going to happen. That it might happen. Like a bad move. Might happen eventually. Mm. And if that did happen, then yes, that would be that wouldn't make a lot of sense no. at all. So that's why I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just that they're hiring people with PC experience 
um, for for either future projects or maybe to look at making their old games compatible with PC. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you never know. But at, at a base level, it makes sense to, once a game has sold as many units as it's going to sell, put it on another platform, get those people playing it and excited for a sequel, and then release the sequel on the platform that the original one was on and hopefully drive sales to that. Yeah, because otherwise it's it's... Now, if they've not done this, or well, they haven't done it yet, but, uh, you know, it's just sitting there, you know, Horizon, doing, you know, probably not many sales anymore, um, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. If they just suddenly inject it onto a new uh, platform, as I say, all the people on PC who haven't been able to play that game but really wish that they could are going to suddenly start buying it. So it's it's kind of a an obvious move, really, to, to do that. It just makes business sense to do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think everyone should do this. I think Xbox should do this. You know, they should, uh, well, I think I think every console in time, why not just make everything available everywhere? You know, a game that's been out for like five years, why not just suddenly say, oh, uh, you can now get Uncharted on Xbox. You can mm-hmm. just, you know, it's been out that long, like... But only one, two, and three. Yeah. If you want four, you've got to get a PS4. Exactly, yeah. And then maybe when PS5 comes out, like, oh, a Chart 4 is now available for an X- whichever Xbox platform they're focusing on at the moment, which is yeah. confusing. Um, well, we saw that, kind of. I mean, they, they weren't owned by Xbox at the time, but with The Outer Worlds, mm. the sequel is going to presumably either be exclusive or... Microsoft will publish it on multiple platforms. Yeah. So it's going to go one way or the other. But people will have played the first one on PS4 yeah. and thought, this is great. Oh, the sequel's exclusive. Mm. Oh, should I get an Xbox One series, Xbox Series One X, whatever it's called? No, I personally, I won't. Yeah. But that's a shame. That's, you know, hopefully it comes to other consoles soon. Xbox are far more, as we talked about last week, they're far more open to putting their stuff on other platforms. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we got... The Master Chief collection on PlayStation. Yeah. Because why the hell not? If they're all old games, and then if you play those and think, those were bloody great. I'd love to play that new Halo Infinite. Mm. Well, then, bucko, you're going to need an Xbox Series X. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, when I say that I think everyone should do it, I don't think Sony are ever likely to suddenly start putting out all their their best hits on Xbox. But, Mm. you know, all I'm saying is I think it, you know, there's, there's, you wouldn't do yourself much harm uh, putting out very old exclusives onto you know other platforms after a period of time because as we say you've already made all the console sales based on those exclusives by that time you know if, if a game has been out for five years or more that's mm. kind of it's done its job so uh yeah why not just open up your audience it's a sensible move yeah it is a sensible move peter mm-hmm. it's time for something a little bit well if xbox put out uh, the master chief collection on ps4 that'd be a bit uh, weird wouldn't it it's time it for works. um that'd be a bit weird it's time for it'll be a bit strange really it's time for weird news weird news Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Weird news time, Peter Austin. Mm-hmm. What have you got for me this week? Got a weird story right here from Kotaku. Kotaku, we know that one. Um, actually, this was um, shared to us from someone on the Twits. Oh, yes. Uh, whose name I didn't actually note down. So oh, when, for God's sake. So when you're reading yours, I will go and find their name. Okay. Uh, citation needed and incoming, but not yet. Okay. So, Kotaku, uh, this is according to Luke Plunkett. We know that one. We do know that one. Man, quote, hijacks airport monitor to play PS4 game. Mm. A, there's a lot of quotes in here. A young man (laughs) (laughs) waiting at Portland International earlier today, perhaps bored, as we all are, by the drudgery of airports, figured he could just unpack his PS4 console, plug it into an airport information monitor, and start playing some Apex Legends right there on the spot. Hmm. Local radio station, KXL, uh, via the Oregonian, reported that uh, the man had his console connected to a monitor intended to display a map of the airport for visitors, <laughs> an incident heard on the local emergency scanner as a hijacking Whoa, of the display. Whoa, come on, you can't say that at an airport. No, it's a bit it's a bit dangerous. That's a heavy phrase, that. We've got something coming in from, from uh, Portland International Airport. There's been a hijacking. There's been a hijack. There's a man playing of a monitor. A- oh, Apex Legends. Of a monitor. Oh, yeah. Where are we dropping? You can't say that either. Uh, when approached and asked to unplug and cease using the monitors at the airport. Cease. Sir, cease. That's a quote again. Please cease. Unplug and cease using the monitors at the airport uh, by operations supervisors. He reportedly asked very politely if he could finish up his (laughs) round (laughs) first. Fantastic. (laughs) The request was denied. And Port of Portland spokesperson, Karma Simmons, took the opportunity to use the incident as a good reminder of what not to do at the airport. Right. Because we all need reminding not to plug your PS4 into an information monitor. Why was he able to get access to the HDMI ports? That's what I want to know. Yeah, he just he... had a port on the side of it, I guess. That's It was a fairly little... low down. There's a picture of him. Uh, it, was, it was quite low down. Seems like a... It's a bit dark, but... There he is. Yes, it seems like maybe wasn't one of those. They should have better thing. security. Yeah. Well, I guess they never thought that anyone would be so brazen as to do this. Wow. Uh, there you go. Now that they've brought it up, I wonder what Ikaruga would be like on those big vertical departure arrival screens. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You know what, what is what is you know, that? I don't know what Ikaruga no, okay. is. No. Thanks, Luke Plunkett. Thank you for the reference, Luke. And uh, thanks, someone else 
for suggesting that story to us. I'm going to look news. it up right now. I'm going to look at it right now. You can suggest weird news to us on Twitter at that Peter Austin at confused underscore dude mm-hmm. uh, and at team triple jump. If you find it, if if you if you think there's one that's specific to one of us though, just tweet one of us because otherwise the other person yeah, will see it and not, they'll know what the yeah, news is. Yeah, it's a preferably secret. tweet just one of us. Okay, here we go. Okay, this is Polygon. We do know that one, mm-hmm. and this was actually from a couple of weeks ago. It's from the 12th of January, and it's from Owen's Good. Owen is good. Yeah, Owen is good. Mm. Texas gamer sends police help to save friend in the United Kingdom. Oh, dun dun dun! Quick thinking gets. Hang on, quick thinking gets teen having seizure to a hospital. Oh, I heard about this. I think. Yeah. yeah. See, this is. This is good. This is good weird news. But he sent the police, not not an ambulance. No, well, let's read on. I thought you just said police. Yes. Uh, yes, that's what it says. Okay. Let's read on. Let's read on. What's the opposite of swatting? How about just saving someone's life? Yeah. That's what a Texas player did for her online teammate an ocean away in the United Kingdom. The BBC and Sky News both reported this weekend on the fast thinking of Dia Lathora, 21, of Texas, who suspected her gaming partner, 17-year-old Aiden Jackson, might be having a medical emergency. Ooh. You want to know how? Yeah, well, I know how, but yes. Well, do you want to know how she knew? Yeah, I know how. I, I saw this story. Oh, for God's sake. Sorry. Yeah, I saw your story I know. too, but I still played along. Well, Jesus you made out like you knew it. No, I didn't. No. Liar. Okay. <laughs> you're, tell big, me, you're a big liar. Tell me how. No, I won't. Jackson's parents were downstairs, unaware their son was having a seizure. His bedroom door was closed. How? Was Lathora aware? Because they were streaming. They were playing games online. That's it. Yeah. That's the end of my news. Is it? No, it's not. No. The teen told... I'm just giving you a hard time. Are you having a tough time? I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not really rising to it that much. No, I'm you're not. I'm asking c- you rhetorical questions. Yeah, I know. I'm, you're you're the one that's really? you're the one that's poking me. <laughs> yeah. The teen told Sky News that he'd felt a little funny and got up, turning his chat microphone towards his bed so he could continue talking as he lay down. When he was unresponsive, Lathora knew something was wrong. There's the police train. Yes. In the audio of her call, she clearly explains the situation while apologising for being shaken. Significantly, she had Jackson's address, but no other contact information, and had to quickly find a non-emergency number to call in the matter. Now, I don't know how she got why she had his address. Yeah. That seems very fortuitous, doesn't it? I'm not doubting this story, I'm just... I don't know that I'd give someone I played online with my address. Well, it depends how long you've known. Maybe they've been playing online for a long time. He's 17, though. Well, She's 21. Maybe they, well, yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah, That's maybe you shouldn't be giving out your Maybe opinion. these aren't the questions we should be asking, really. No. No, we should celebrate her heroism. We should. Sure. Uh, the, the, the police and an ambulance quickly arrived to Jackson's home and after quickly telling Jackson, so quickly twice quickly, quickly. there, telling Jackson's mother what was going on, all went upstairs and found Jackson having a seizure. Mm-hmm. Next thing I knew, I was waking up with police and my parents in my room saying that I'd just had a seizure, Jackson told Sky. Jackson's mother, Caroline, said when she answered the door, police police said, oh, Owen. Owen's not good. Owen's not doing a great write-up today. Police said they'd been told there was an unresponsive male at the address. Aiden had a seizure in May 2019, so it did not take long to put two and two together, even if the police were saying the emergency call had come from the United States. Wow. Jackson was taken to hospital by the ambulance and went home that afternoon after having several tests. Fast action and immediate attention is necessary in the case of any seizure. Always better to be safe than sorry. Mm. And the new policy in the Jackson household is that Aiden will be gaming with his bedroom door open. And I think that is the real tragedy of this story. (laughs) Is that Aiden 
lost his privacy. He lost his privacy. Because he kept selfishly having gaming seizures. Yeah. Stop having seizures. Well, there we go. Yeah. That was quite weird. And Peter had never heard that story before as well. I hadn't, no. He was absolutely shocked by I'm the sorry whole... Sorry, I'm just too woke. I keep up <laughs> Always aware. With He's got his musings. ear to the ground yeah. all the time. Have you worked out who gave you your story? Yes, I have. Uh, I think it was Quick Hack. Quick, uh, quick Hatch. Quick Hatch. Quick, quick Hatch. At Quick Hatch 10 on Twitter. Twitter. Thank you very much, Quick Hatch. Thank you so much. I'm just double-checking the name here. Dia. Great work, dear. 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 D-I-A. Oh, the the name of the... The lady gamer. The heroine. I'm sorry? The heroine. The, the heroine. The opiates. Yes. Yes. Uh, fantastic work. And obviously, you know, make sure you game with your doors open. Be safe out there, everybody. Yeah. It's time for another question. It is. It's uh, from Jack Jenkins. Jack Jenkins. I've just started The Witcher 3 for the first time and am loving it. Whoa. I always knew I would, but for some reason, I never wanted to rush to it. Are there any games like that for you, either in the past or on the horizon, that are universally adored, but you just don't or didn't feel an urgent need to play? Happy New Year, my dudes. Uh, I've written one of my answers here, literally The Witcher 3. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah. When 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 on earth is Peter Austin going to find the time to play that game? I think I think it might be um, soon, actually, this year. Yeah? I think I am going to start playing it soon. I've, I've got a bunch of like Netflix shows that I'm watching right now, and whenever I come home, I just watch tv instead watch of tv which isn't like me. I, I don't normally i didn't used to watch much tv like after leaving the family home and like moving to uni i kind of stopped watching tv and played more games but recently mm. watched a lot of tv but um or streaming services but once i've finished what i'm watching i'm going to start playing something and it was going to be god of war but i've actually i've had the witcher for ages mm. um like a physical copy i think it was a present actually a christmas present and um I, I when I first got it as a present, I sat down and played it for about forty-five minutes, and it just felt a little bit like, oh, so overwhelming. <laughs> it just felt like a, a a very rich cake or something. I didn't right. really want any more of it immediately because it was almost too, almost too good. It was good. It was really good. There was nothing mm. wrong with it, but it was just a lot. Um, you need to so, hype yourself up. Yeah, just dive in with both feet and have the time as well to know that like I can come back to this tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. Mm-hmm ad nauseum um but yeah um probably soon the witcher 3 okay it's very good one of the one of the best games of the generation it is um and then on top of that god of war and horizon zero dawn there's oh, the th- just probably just the three... a few small games then yeah i think those are the three biggest games that like i've not played and want to uh, there's nothing i've i've not looked at them and gone uh no uh, Gross. Uh, whereas, like Red Dead is probably the other very big game where I've looked at that and thought, "I'm all right, thanks." Yeah, like I'm not okay. actually interested. Um, but yeah, those three are sort of got to play those this year before the new generation comes out. I think. Mm. Yeah. I've got MGS three written down here. Oh yeah. I hadn't played the Metal Gear games at all. Mm-hmm. I'd given MGS one a go a couple of times both on PS1 and on PSP as well. Okay. Because I played the digital PlayStation Classics version. But when I was playing it on PSP, I encountered an issue where obviously you have to... There's the, the famous bit where you oh, have yeah. to use the codec. Uh, and the codec is on the back of the box. Mm. There's no box with a digital version. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And at that point, I gave up because it was too hard. Also, how do they handle um, when you have to change your... You have to use the player two controller. 
in the yeah you can with the ps1 classics you can manually change which controller you're oh, in oh yeah when you like but it's really it, weird yeah. and yeah, you have to actually do bizarre. that for mgs i think you, know? you do Psychomantis. i can't remember off the top yeah. of my head but i think i think i must have done mm. uh this this all came about actually after I went to a review event for MGS Five Ground Zeroes, oh, yeah. which you know obviously was extremely short, and I was astonished that they had the stones to ask for money for it because mm-hmm. they were selling it as its own thing, sort of like a little prologue. Um, I was I was kind of disgusted really, and I didn't give it a good score because I made it very clear that I thought the game was phenomenal. It looked brilliant. It played incredibly. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is absolutely bloody brilliant. MGS5 is going to be amazing if it's anything like this. But because it was so short and because it was, you know, I was reviewing it as a product. Like, well, actually, no, you shouldn't buy it, which is the a real shame. The event was good too, wasn't it? Uh, I mean... I thought, was that when you, you had like hotel rooms? And oh, no, that was Call of Duty. That, that was, was a different Duty, one. Yeah. At some point, we'll talk about hashtag ethics and games journalism, but not today. No, that was, I went down to Konami's office in Windsor, actually. It was right next to the castle. Oh. I went down to Windsor and I played it. it you know, it was just an afternoon. Didn't need a hotel right. room for that. No. Um... So I played through that and I thought, right, okay, it's time for me to actually finally play these bloody Metal Gear games that I've heard so much about and I've been avoiding for years. Mm-hmm. So I went home and I, I, in fact, on the train home, I ordered the HD collection for PS3 that has 2, 3 and Peace Walker in it. Right. And I played through one, thought it was brilliant. Played through two, thought it was really good, but not quite as good. Mm. And then I played through three. Uh, I tell you what, three was the... That was a good one. Yeah. I really liked MGS3. It's a Bond movie yeah. as a game. Nice. I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. And I'd heard that it was really, really good. And um, so I, I feel like that's the one that I've, I'd heard a lot about and sort of put off. And I'd seen my cousins playing MGS2 over the years when I went to go visit and stuff. I thought, that looks cool, but I can never, I'll never play that. Mm-hmm. It looks too complicated for me. Um, I didn't bother with MGS4. I played a little bit of it, and then it was all just movies, and I couldn't be bothered. Uh, but I finished MGS Five for all its sins. Yeah. So MGS Three is the one for me. Okay. That I, I eventually got round to, and one day, you'll do the same with The Witcher. I will not MGS Three. No, you'll never play that. I will never play that. No. I like MGS One. Really enjoyed that at the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, MGS Three is great. I hope they do a remake. Honestly, if Konami wants to get back into people's good graces. Just remake MGS two and three in the uh, in the MGS five engine, and re-release them as remasters. I'd be more inclined like, to uh, Capcom. Bunch, yeah, there's a bunch of games that like I'm not really going to play unless they're remade. Like I might even play Final Fantasy seven when it comes out. Whoa, um, slow. I'm mark ne- mark down that timestamp, everybody. Might was the word in there. I heard I'm going to love it. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to buy the Super Deluxe Collectors. Uh, I'm going to change my name to Cloud Austin. Cloud wearing a dress edition where you get a body <laughs> pillow to sleep with. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, like MGS if they if they remastered those or I don't even care if they remastered. Just bring out like a a handy convenient ps4 or ps5 mm. bundle pack like i can't be bothered to just go and like yeah. scrabble around like scratch around and find like you know each one and you know just sell me a pack just make it convenient for me yeah i'm not gonna get a ps3 or a vita to play through this hd collection no same with dark souls i'll probably try them if they just well they're on there yeah i know they're but on ps4 I, um, if they remastered them 
that well there is one called Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah, Dark Souls Remastered yeah. has been done, but the others haven't been, have they? Dark Souls Two is on PS4 as well. Right. It's yeah. called Scholar of the First Sin. That's a sort of remaster. Scholar of 60, the First. Sin. Sixty frames per second. Got more bosses and content. And Dark Souls Three released natively on PS4. What I'm saying is you're you're full of uh, full of Estus. Full of full of plops there. Yeah. No. If you wanted to play those Dark Souls games, we'll get we'll get you through. And we'll stream it. It'll be yeah. fun. Okay. It'll be fun. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's time. It's really definitely time for, for something big. Oh, it's huge. It's a discussion. And, and it's, it's large. Yeah, it's, it's, bi- it's big. It's big discussion time. Yes, it is. This big discussion comes from Christopher Ridge. Which sounds like a place in Red Dead Redemption, doesn't it? Christopher's Ridge. Oh, yeah. He, he was out there on Christopher Ridge. Um, and, he, and he got shot. Yeah. And then he deleted the game because he got bored. It's a Red Dead Redemption 2 story. Oh, no, he was carrying soup across the wasteland. That's what he was doing. Oh, yeah, carrying soup. Wasteland. I mean, it might as well be. So, game's getting delayed. Am I right? Yeah. I should also take the opportunity to say thank you to literally everybody who asked us about game delays the past couple of weeks. This is this is all of your questions being answered here. So thank you, you very say much. We take the opportunity to thank literally everybody for delaying their games. Thank you, everybody. Can't, can't play. Hmm. Uh, where are we? First Doom Eternal, then Final Fantasy VII Remake, now Cyberpunk 2077. But counterintuitively, there are now reports that games getting delayed actually leads to more crunch from developers, which does not slap serious Richard. Mm. What are your guys' thoughts on game delays and development crunch? Is it better or worse overall to delay a game or release it as is with the promise of a three-month-ish patch? Well... Delay it. Yes. Delay it. Delay it for all except there's there's pot- potentially one reason regarding cyberpunk that the cynic in me could say did they look at the fact that Final Fantasy got moved to the 10th of April my birthday by the way oh congratulations thank you um, and then realize that oh now that's coming out like the same week as Cyberpunk, near enough. Like it was within a few days of the original Cyberpunk release. Did they then think, "I'd rather just buffer that a little bit. Let's let's shunt it." Mm. Um, you know, they, they, the statement they put out, they said that like, "Oh no, we were trying to you know iron out some some kinks." <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and they said they said it's like I think they've actually said it's done, it's finished, but. Um, we just want to, you know, make it make it a bit better. And if that's the if that's a sincere statement and that's true, then fine, you know, delay it, make it even better. I'm happy to wait for a much better game than have something released that's been a bit rushed and has some Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order holes in it. Um, but you know, if they actually just went, oh, I don't want it to come out the same month as uh, Final Fantasy, mm. I'm gonna move it like four months, then that makes me a little bit like, oh, come on, come on, guys, just. Just, 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 yeah, I mean, well, on the other hand, I can see why it makes business sense to do that. So I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, well, do any of us really? That's the question. I think that obviously last week was a tough week for delays because we saw bloody loads of them one after the other. And I think it was just because once somebody slipped, everyone was like, right, let's just do it now. Put, do it. Announce the delay now, While so that it's not yeah. just us. Yeah. So we can just get it all out. So last week, I've got, I've made some notes here, and there was another one I added as well because I forgot to put it on. Right. Obviously, Doom Eternal got delayed last year from November to March. Yeah. 
Final Fantasy VII Remake has been delayed from the 3rd of March to the 10th of April, Cyberpunk from April to September, Marvel's Avengers from May just before my birthday to September as well, Iron Man VR got delayed from February to May, oh, yeah, and Dying Light 2 has been delayed indefinitely. Oh god. Uh, that was also announced last week, which made our video we made about the upcoming games of 2020 extremely challenging because I had to keep re-recording bits of VO and cutting bits out. Like, every day a new one was getting delayed. Delayed. I was like, right, just cut out any reference to the delay. We can't keep re-recording this. This might be one of the best games of 2020, and it's due out on the 3rd of March. Oh, ah, no, it isn't. Oh, anymore. bugger. Never mind. Yeah. Obviously, uh, delaying a game to make sure it's good is vital, because otherwise, as Peter said, you do get games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which should have been way better than they were, and mm -hmm. they could have been way better than they were if they just... Waited a month or two. They put it more time in the oven. Yeah. You know, I'd uh, Cyberpunk, Marvel's Avengers, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake has only been delayed by about a month. Mm -hmm. So that's not too bad. But the others, you know, if it needs that much time, then clearly it needs that much time. If, it, if they 76. forced it out. Fallout 76. Yeah, if, the, if they needed more time, then they should have they should have taken it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's only a good thing. There are obviously questions of crunch. Now, nobody really knows what it's like to go through crunch unless you're working through it yeah but i would probably venture to say that the crunch that these games would have facilitated had they not been delayed is far worse than the perhaps several months of less intense crunch yeah and crunch i think is is quite a broad term in that it doesn't necessarily mean seven thousand hour work weeks no it, it just means staying for a few hours in the evening Maybe getting paid for the overtime, hopefully. You should be getting paid for the overtime. Yeah. I have very limited experience working in game development, but we did have to... When we, we were in pre-production for something that mm. I don't know will ever be announced. Oh, yeah. Um, we were in pre-production, and we had to... You know, I can't remember. I think they were there. Um, they were like milestones, sort of, that we had to hit and send off the build to whomever may or may not have been publishing the game. Right to have it reviewed and looked at and, you know, go out with reports and earnings and all that kind of nonsense. You know, you, you have to hit these milestones, basically. And they would be working right up until the 11th hour on them. So for the week leading up to it, sometimes, you know, in QA, we had to stay late in the mm -hmm. evenings. But it was always a case of, are you guys able to do this? Yeah. Um, here's, here's food. Mm. And you can take back that time later in yeah. you know next week or the or the week after i will say i was i worked for splash damage and i was extremely fortunate there because they had a really really good work environment and they cared about all of their staff including their production testers which isn't always the case right um and obviously i don't know what it's like at cd project red there have been some negative stories that came out about the crunch uh, revolving around the witcher mm -hmm. and it may well be that as they have uh, they have actually acknowledged this crunch which is why christopher was bringing it up it may well be that they saw, they identified that in order to get it out for an April release or whenever it was originally meant to be coming out. They were going to have to do it again. They were going to have to crunch that hard again. Yeah. Whereas if they delayed it a few months, yes, they were still going to have to pull some late nights, but it's far less, they could be far more fair to their employees yeah. by stretching it out over several months and not working their staff to death over it. That's why I think. I don't really understand this. Uh, it has weirdly thrown up this sort of discussion about like oh but now they're going to be crunching for like lo for you know three more months or whatever mm -hmm. there's going to be more crunch for them it's like well then that's not really 
I mean, again, we, we don't know exactly how it works, but like my view of just how workload and efficiency and work over time works, that's not really how it's going to go. Um, mm. Yeah, I think they would have had to really, really push for the earlier date if they wanted it out in like a usable form. And uh, now that they've got the more more time, they can look at the time that they've got remaining and go, okay, here's what needs doing in that time. Here's how we're going to do it. Just, yeah. yeah. Game development is hard yeah. and it's very complicated and there's an awful lot of moving parts. Lots of people working in different teams all combining their efforts to mm. build something. And yes, of course, as with anything, it can be better and it can be run better. Yeah. But this is the situation they find themselves in leading up to their release date. I know I'd rather have a 10-mile jog than a, than a two-mile sprint. Yeah. You know, and some people would prefer the two-mile sprint maybe, and some people wouldn't like the 10-mile jog at all, and that's fine. But ultimately, that's where they are. Yeah. And I'd rather take the thing that was less painful for longer than intensely painful for, you know, you know we've heard all the horror stories mm. about people needing time off with stress and mental health issues. It's not worth it. And I'd like to think although they may not outwardly be saying it, that that has been taken into account with this delay, not just mm. because they want to spit shine the entire game, but because if they were to spit shine the entire game in the time they've got left, they'd be working their people to death and it would be awful yeah. and not good. And when you talk here about a three-month, uh, sort of a patch three months, three months after launch, people just won't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> People will wait for that. The reviews won't be good. And people won't go, oh, buy it well, until it terrible then, yeah. a few months after launch, if if ever. Mm. Uh, one thing I have got noted down here is that I think S Cyberpunk 2077, they are quite vehemently saying that there is no next-gen console version currently planned for right. PS5 or Xbox Series X. Uh, but particularly I look at Final Fantasy VII Remake and I look at um, Marvel's Avengers those games sort of coming out. I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake, not so bad because that's still coming out in April, but certainly September mm. for Marvel's Avengers. The more these games get delayed towards the next generation of consoles, I think there's going to be a contingent of players. And I know people who have already said as such that they're not going to buy them because they just they just assume there's going to be a PS5 version and they'll wait for that. Yeah. So I feel like while that ultimately benefits the consumer because you're able to think, well, I'm not going to buy it twice. I'll just wait. Yeah. From a company perspective, that's actually quite damaging because they're not able to sell it to us in March and then sell it to us in March 2021 as well on yeah. PS5. Even though, but then it's backwards compatible apparently with well, PS4. That's the thing, yeah. So it's like, well, where, how do they even tackle this whole situation? I was going to say there's like sort of two two ways it could go. Is that like or three ways? If it's a game that isn't even going to have a PS5 version. Uh, and they, they'd always just plan to have a PS4, then they're a bit screwed if they're bringing it out in September because they've got, you know, a few months b before everyone moves over, or not everyone, but uh, a lot of people. Um, then you've got the idea of, yeah, okay, maybe they're developing a PS5 version, they've got one in mind, but then, as you say, you lose the opportunity to sell it twice to people. If you separate that long enough by, say, 12 months, then uh, people might buy that first PS4 version and then, in time, be willing to once again spend the money on a new version. Then the third thing is like, oh, well, maybe there's only a PS4 version, but the PS5 has backwards compatibility. So mm. uh, it it comes down to the developer and the publisher, really, as to how, how they want to release these things with with the dates in mind of like, well, it won't be finished till September, mm -hmm. new consoles coming out in November. How how are we doing this? What's the best way for us to, to make money out of this? But yeah, the one other thing I've got written down is just that vaporware sucks. 
doesn't it? Just if when they say, oh, well, that's, just, that's been delayed for now. Oh, yeah, no, it's been delayed again. Uh, and then you just hear nothing for like 12 months. And right. it just disappears into the ether. Um, well, I think, you know. Dying Light and Dead Island, whatever the hell it is, because there's another Dead Island game, I mm-hmm. think, supposedly coming. That's that's kind of that yeah. at the moment. Um, there's a game I think I've talked about before, um, sort of an, an indie studio called Wild Sheep. I think they're called Wild Sheep Studios, and they're, they're making a game called Wild. That Oh, that was, it, what's his name? Michelin Cell yeah. is leading them. It's a different studio. It's not Ubisoft affiliated, I think. That was like Gamescom 2015 or 14. I thought like it that. looked really good. It like really scratches a lot of like itches or like a- appeals to a lot of um, just sort of my own personal tastes. And uh, I-, I really like the idea of it. And then it's just, it's not been cancelled is mm. all we know. It's not been cancelled, but yeah. it was announced years ago. Nothing seems to be happening. We all know that Michelin Zell is busy right now with uh, Beyond Good and Evil. So, you know, that's just an example of a game that, all right, it's from an indie studio, but still, like, you know, it's just sad that it's sort of vanished. But you don't even have the closure of, oh, I'm really sorry, it's but been, we're going to have to yeah, cancel that canceled. game. I almost want them to just do that now so I don't have to keep remembering to check every six months on the website whether anything has been said. Um, well, hopefully... None of the games that we've mentioned become vaporware. Mm. Hopefully they do actually release. And if they do release, it's going to be a crazy year for games because yeah. just those games there, they're all quite big games. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't include all the games that, that haven't been delayed yet. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the new consoles. We've got, is, are they going to do backwards compatibility? Yes, oh. they are. Uh, but what does that mean for re-releasing a, a remastered edition or a PS5 version or an Xbox Series X version? What's going to happen? Ultimately, though, to answer Christopher's question, Chris Ridge's question, I don't think that there is anything to be concerned about here. And you just have to have some good faith that the developers are delaying because they need more time to make their game good Mm. and also to allow their staff to work on it properly without working them too hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, working under the assumption that... um, uh, that the statements are true when they say, oh, the reason we're delaying is just to add some more polish, then basically you have to weigh up to a choice between two things. Either they bring it out without that polish, you're really disappointed on launch, it doesn't review very well, you're annoyed that you spent money on this game that's rubbish, or you wait a bit longer, in some cases just one month, two months, three months, and it plays a lot better, it reviews a lot better, more likely to get a sequel for a game that you're potentially going to really enjoy, and when you look at it like that, I think, like, yeah, why not delay it? Absolutely. Why not? As always, let us know what you think of that discussion and everything else we've spoken about today in the comments below or tweet us or contact us and in multiple different ways, some of which Peter will now talk you through. I've done it again. I've done it again. I've, st- Whoa. I've stood up my script on end. You've done it. Magic. Oh, oh no, it's fallen. It's fallen. God's sake. All of our content is available on YouTube.com. And twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. You can contact us there in the comments and chats. Mm. Uh, thank you to the mods, by the way, Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps, who look after the chat when we're streaming on both of those services. We stream on YouTube, as Ben will tell you shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash team triple jump are our sock meds. Uh, Luke Eldon looks after our Facebook and does an excellent job of yes. it. Yes. Uh, we've got a Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash 
Team Triple Jump. We have all kinds of rewards, including uh, access to a patron-exclusive Discord room in our Discord, Whoa. which is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. The mods over there looking after the chat are Jack, Joe, and Crimson Dragonfly. If you're watching a video version of the podcast, the audio version's available at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. And finally, we have a website. It's triplejo.mp. That's triplej.mup. Fadobadal. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do at that Peter Austin at Ben Potter 20 and on Twitter at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, Monday and Tuesday being solo streams on Twitch and Thursday being our joint Blaze It stream on YouTube. We just started a playthrough of Beyond Two Souls, as we said. Hopefully the VOD will be out on Monday unless YouTube kicks up a fuss again really doesn't like David Cage games for some reason. Are there any nipples in that game? There are no nips in this one. There are no nip nops. No, no, no. Might um, get away with it then. Ellen Page has a no nudity clause. She does, doesn't she? Yeah. Which was why there was all that fuss when someone hacked the camera and discovered that they made nudity. They made nudity. They put her face on a naked body Mm. and just panned the camera around it. But then someone was able to move the camera and they saw the pretend naked. Ellen... Very bad. Naughty, naughty David. Mm. She'll never do games again. What else are we talking about? Worst uh, games. Yeah. We do that every fortnight, and that's Friday. That's a Friday release for patrons of a certain tier, $5 or more a month. Sunday for everybody else. It is a Worst Games Ever week. So look forward to it on Friday, patrons, mm. which was yesterday, and look forward to it tomorrow, everybody else, because it will be out on the YouTube channel soon. The podcast is every Saturday, and we do shows every other week between the... Worst, Worst games weeks. Yes. Yeah. Please leave us a review on iTunes, etc. It helps something to do with algorithms, pushes us up the quote-unquote rankings. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it does help. YouTube algorithm seems to be doing us some actual favors now. It actually does. We don't know if that's because we stopped uploading the VODs to YouTube, but we've had a number of videos just sort of explode over mm. the last few weeks, which is really lovely it's wonderful nearly at 50k subs now as well which is very nice excellent third us indeed finally it's uh it's sponsor time can't play we'll take a delay not the, not sponsored by dominic littlewood not sponsored by dominic littlewood and starring david hasselhoff and the stig where they go to different game studios and they say hey can i play this and they say no we're not done yet and they say well take a delay well take a delay and make As- sure you don't overwork your staff as agreed in today's big discussion, we will take a delay. We will take a delay, and that'll be on ITV over the big summer sporting event in between the the hippity-hoppity-hippity-hoppity jumps. And there'll be some McDonald's Oh, there'll be some McDonald's In there. the halftimes. Yes, the halftimes of the shows. Yeah. That's all we've got for you this week. Thank you so much for watching. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will see you soon. Bye! Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.